Hey everybody, welcome to The Player's World. My name is Sam and this is an actual play podcast where we hear a bunch of uh, internet friendos play an increasingly popular RPG game called Monster of the Week. This episode that you're about to listen to is an unofficial start to the story. We're going to go over rule explanations and we're going to meet the hunters as well. So if you want to skip all of that, just go to the next episode. Monster of the Week was written by Michael Sands and was intended for fans of Supernatural or Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So if you enjoy those shows, you're probably going to enjoy this game. And if you do enjoy this game, then you should also check out The Adventure Zone or The Crit Show. Without further ado, I'll see you guys in the player's world. Oh, by the way, guys, any cuss words, I'm going to bleep them. Fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so welcome to our podcast. I am going to be the keeper. So we have like a bunch of different roles in this podcast. So my job as a keeper is to describe the environment um, and the mystery and each situation and the hunters who uh, you're going to meet in a second have to sort of react to everything that I describe to them. And they're going to be played by our players. So the players get to control their own hunter. For the majority of this, I'll probably be talking like to or about your characters just to sort of make it a little bit easier and streamlined for people listening. They basically have to describe how they want to respond to the situations that I describe. And usually I'll ask them to roll for it. Now, when I ask them to roll, they're going to roll the nerd terminology 2d6 which is just like two standard dice right like they just you find them in monopoly you find them in i don't know i was about to say scrabble but they don't get them in scrabble so they roll two of these dice and the results of the roll are going to like determine how well they get to do the thing so if the total number adds up to 10 or more they get to like they succeed they get to do the thing that they wanted to do with like no repercussions. If the number is between seven and nine, that's what's called a mixed success. So like they'll get to do the thing, but they will like suffer some sort of consequence. Like they might take some damage or they'll like expose themselves in some way. And then probably my favorite is going to be the six and under, which is a fail, which means basically I get to with them. To determine that final number, they have to add, like, modifiers. So, modifiers are, like, different traits, I guess, if you want to, like, describe it that way. So, we have a mod called Charm, which, like, you use to manipulate someone. So, they might have, like, a plus one. So, if they're, like, trying to, I don't know, chit-chat the bartender to, like, get some info out of it, they'll roll, like, 2d6 and they'll add that plus one. And then they will, that'll get them their final result. Uh, there's also Cool. That's another like uh, trait, which they use to like pull off a six stunt or attack stuff with. Uh, sharp is for things to do with like your wits, your intelligence, and like your just general perceptiveness. Uh, There's tough to see if you can like kick some ass or like if, whether or not like you can take that hit. Uh, and lastly, there is weird, which is to use that crazy voodoo magic. Magic is like its whole thing like it's it's this whole other like a nutshell but like we'll cross that bridge when we get to it players also get things called moves which are like special abilities it may be something like very particular for like their class which we'll learn about like classes in a second and the moves like will help them do very special things hit points are much more limited than like D. 
all hunters, regardless of their age or regardless of like their class, get seven hit points. So we call it seven harm, um, which like does not make sense to me because that means like a five-year-old hunter could like have the same hit points as like a burly 40-year-old dude. But anyway, we have like seven harm. Once you take that seventh point of harm, your hunter is dead. Like done. Like dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Found the dodge wolf, man. <laughs> the other thing to look out for is luck points. If a hunter fails a really important role, perhaps like against the big bad evil guy, they can spend one luck point to bring that role to an automatic success. They've got to be careful though, because they, as a character, only have seven luck points. And if they spend that seventh luck point, they are what's called doomed. And I get to fuck with them even more. Sam Peachy? Sounds, sounds good. Sounds yeah. good. Great as ever. So this world is going to be what's called a second world story. The most like famous uh, example of this is Harry Potter, I guess, where you have this non-magical world, like the muggle world. And then you have Hogwarts and everything else, which is like the magical world. So there's these two worlds that are connected via some sort of portal or doorway. For Harry Potter, it's uh, platform nine and three quarters. In this story, it'll be something else, but it'll be quite similar. So we have um, this non-magical world, which I'm titling it Bogdon. And it is just based very closely around the way our society works. That, by that, I mean like, you know, Australia and the United States. Without, you know, all of the social figures like... I'm not going to, like, there's not going to be Trump in this story, basically. <laughs> so, you know, I'm that. Uh, Trump's lawyers, please don't come after us. Thank you. So, you've got that, and that's, like, the, the non-magical world. And then you have the magical world, which I've titled it Broadstead. This world, like, it's an amalgamation of everything magical that I've ever read or ever seen or can, like, think of. I've already spoken with Luz about this who you're gonna meet soon and the thing about monster of the week like we're gonna learn a lot about this world as we interact with the story uh, i know that griffin mcelroy in the amnesty podcast described it as like it, it like it is just blank spaces all over the proverbial map and like the locations like when the hunters need to go to that place that's when it pops up and i think like that's probably the best way to explain how this story works there's two main points for this story or world in this magical world, I should say. One point to mention is that kind of as with all stories in the genre, the non-magical world uh, must never know about the, the magical world. There is this blanket understanding that, you know, humans will bring extortion and destruction and chaos if they wield the power of magics. The other main point is to note is the total peace that was attained in this magical world around two centuries ago. There has been no war. There is no gang violence, no violence like at all. There is no theft. They just kind of realized that probably through democracy or some form of apolitical common ground that trade and peace was far more beneficial for the people and for the country or the land. I don't know, everything just like gels so perfectly and everyone's pretty good and pretty chill. I mean, kind of spoiler alert, you are playing hunters, so <laughs> violence is implied. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see like what the ripple on effects of our hunts will be on the wider society and investigate what will pan out with any big picture plot hooks. So that is the magical world. We have four characters that I'm going to introduce you to in a second. 
I'm really excited to show how all four of you are going to come together in this story. I think it's going to be absolutely baller. I cannot wait. Oh, there I am. <laughs> uh, my name is Bun, and I'm playing Loose Screw, uh, and she is the flake. <laughs> and uh, she has very pale skin, a bunch of colorful band-aids all over her face. Uh, broken goggles on top of her head and uh, black hair that are in pigtails and her bangs are covering her face. She she also happens to be like she she looks very feral uh, from shoulders <laughs> up, but she has uh, like a like a Lolita style dress, like all black and purple. Very cool. Is she a little like a goth chick or? I guess she just doesn't wear a bunch of colors, but except yeah. for the band aids that are all over her face. <laughs> Uh, you also mentioned that she is a flake. What does that mean? The flake is basically someone that wants to connect, like, basically a conspiracy theorist, I guess. Hmm. But specifically with, like, magic and monsters and stuff. And how old is Liz? Uh, she's 16. All right. Thank you very much, Bon. Thank you for introducing Liz. I'd like to introduce you to Jojo now, who's going to introduce her character. Hey, guys. I'm... <laughs> I'm Jojo. Uh, I'll be playing Ava Roberts, who is the Chosen. Um, Ava is 16 years old. She has um, two-toned hair, but it's all blue. So one is a um, like dark, deep sea blue, and the other is a light, kind of skyish blue. Um, she's about five four, um, athletic, kind of in the body build. Um, her face is pretty angular. She looks more Asian American. You use the term five foot four, and as an Aussie, I have no clue what that means. Short. Use the metric system, guys! <laughs> Do you have any idea how hard it is to convert an entire country to an entirely different system? Wake up to yourselves! <laughs> Hey, do you want it in centimeters? <laughs> yes, please. All right, you got it. It's 162.56 centimeters. Glad we cleared that up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jojo, um, you mentioned that Ava is also the chosen. What does that mean? So I'm um, kind of playing off your Harry Potter reference or, um, that you mentioned. So Ava is kind of like a prophesized maybe hero or savior of some sort that has been woven into the destiny of a world without really her choice. I am Laura and I'm playing rainbow who is a monstrous. Uh, she's a bit of a scatterbrain kind of talks like this, I guess. And she's got long hair that's kind of red or maybe brown, I guess, depending on the season. And she's kind of tall, but not like super tall. I don't really know. She's never been measured. Um, <laughs> she's not really into like labels, I guess. A pigeonhole begins to form. Pretty tan. Oh, man. Pigeons are like really tasty. <laughs> Oh my god, on the scale of hippie, this is pretty hippie. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. That's what I was going for. Um, oh she's pretty tan because she doesn't live inside for like eight months of the year. And um, she keeps losing her shoes. <laughs> That's really just everything you need to know about Rainbow. Oh, 
I was going to put it at an 8, but I think I'm pulling it up to an 8.5. 8.5? On the hippie scale. Hippie? Okay, all right. That's fair. Oh, my goodness. i got to go over one thing real quick, Laura. Um, without giving it away, what does the monstrous mean as a playbook? Well, it means that you're not entirely, like, human. And, uh, or maybe it would be more accurate to say you're only half human. So you kind of tend to walk on the spookier side of things. That's interesting that you say the spookier side, because we're going to go over to our very last player. I'd like to introduce you to Eli. Hi, uh, my name is Gavin. I will be playing uh, the character of Eli, uh, who is, as the perfect segue from Rainbow, uh, the spooky Eli is um, of like uh, Latino descent, Hispanic-ish. I don't know. <laughs> He's got uh, uh, black hair that kind of swoops to one side. He's about um, five foot eight. Or for our our Aussie over here, thank you. you convert that. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could just convert to the metric system, and it'd be so much Googled easier. It. 172.72 wow. centimeters. Thank you. <laughs> so anyways, so yeah, he's that about that tall. Uh, wears probably a lot of pullover hoodies, uh, cargo pants, and just, just kind of just kind of general guy, you know? But unfortunately, due to the beginning of this uh, whole adventure going on, he will not be so ordinary. Mm-hmm. And why won't he be so ordinary? So tell us a little bit about what the Spooky is. Uh, the Spooky is a very interesting playbook class, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, he is spooky, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, true. But- he can do not exactly the most normal things in the world. He's got a little bit of magical influence yep. that just show happens. I guess I could say the best comparison to what the spooky is is like uh, L from Stranger Things. Dude, uh, yeah, that's perfect. Ominous and weird yes. powers, which we will see unfold. Awesome. Thank you very much, Gav. So if you want to see any visualizations of uh, all of our characters here, you can actually come and visit us on facebook.com forward slash the players world. What? That's right, guys. I set up a Facebook page. Surprise. Nope. So feel free to head on over to there. I'm totally not nervous at all. As far as that goes, I think this is going to be it. I think the next episode that you're going to listen to, we're just going to step right into the mystery. Um, did you guys have any like last minute questions or comments or how are you feeling? What do you what do you expect? What do you expect? A lot of my moves can backfire in horrible, horrible ways. <laughs> oh man, it wouldn't be Monster of the Week without it. Um yeah. fun? what do you think? I'm expecting to drive all of my little hunters away. <laughs> I think it's gonna go great. Ah, uh, thank you so much, Laura. I think we're going to have fun. I think we're going to have a f- ton of fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get him out uh, now. I can't swear. I'm a minor. <laughs> no, that just means you're more corruptible. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> we're going to stop it here. All right. Say bye to all of our listeners, guys. Bye, bye everyone. See you next episode. <laughs>